0: Today we want to talk about better. You know, the scripture says that God came to give us life. Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. One translation talks about how God came to give us life and give it to us better. You know, uh, salvation or praying a prayer or the sinner's prayer uh, or being a Christian is more than just going to heaven. A lot of us like, oh, I'm saved. I'm not going to hell anymore. Now we just have to, what, wait out these years until I die, and then I go to heaven? No, God's plan for our every day is to be better through the process of salvation, amen? And so today we're going to talk about, you know, God, God's called us to be better. And uh, one thing I said earlier uh, last week, There's two things I don't want this series to do. I don't want us to look at this and go, uh, boy, this is a really great self-help series. You know, it's like we got the 10 points of being better through God, and we've turned God's principles into just self-help. That's not it at all. Uh, That would really be doing an injustice to the spirit-ledness of the Bible and what God wants to do. It's not a self-help 10-step type thing. God gives us principles, but there's obedience in that, that we have to live out every day by being spirit-led and listening to God. Amen? Amen. The second thing I don't want to do in this better series is say, by the time we're done, we're walking away saying, wow, as Christians, we're just so much better than anybody else. We're elite because we're believers and we're of God. And so look at us. We're Christians. And so we're better than you. And you're down there. God does want to give us better life. But it's for a purpose of connecting and helping others around us. Amen. It's not to be on a pedestal. Scripture says, Scripture doesn't say this at all. It's a quote. God wasn't into titles. God wasn't into title. Jesus wasn't into titles. He was into towels because that's how we wash and serve people's feet. We should be the same way. The more we grow in God, the better we get, the more we serve. Amen. So today, you know, I want to talk about how God doesn't call us to perfection. He calls us to progress. He calls us to being better. It, maybe you couldn't make it out in that video, but each day he got a little bit better. And I think all of us, we, we love the leap mentality. We're going to pray a prayer and God's going to leap us to over here. But much of the time that you see God do a great move in scripture, it's because he chose somebody who was just faithfully getting better and better and better. Scripture says through our stewardship, God gives us more. You know, you faithful and little, you get more. And so a lot of us would love to just pray the leap prayer. But it's a faithful prayer that really God has called us to in our walk with him. And so this series, Better, uh, is what it's about. It's like, how can we be better every day? How can we progress in the things that God has for us? And the truth is, you cannot talk about being better in God without having understanding of the cross. Now, I realize a lot of people will check out in this terminology that I'm starting to use you're going to hear me talk about the cross and redemption and all these church words and you're going to go I've heard it before and you know I've sounded but I promise you today you have to check into looking at this in a different way than you ever have. And here's why the cross matters because everything about our story starts with the story of the cross. You can't have anything in life without the understanding of the cross and what it's done for your life. And too many religions or religious circles have narrowed the cross down to, well, it's forgiveness of sin and now you're on your way to heaven and that's it. That's not it at all. God came to give us life and give it to us better. And so all of these things you're going to see here in a minute, the cross actually empowers you to live today. Amen. The truth is though about it is like literally history is hinged on his story. When you look at even how we separate years and time, everything that we function under functions under, if you will, the shadow of the cross. Amen. Uh, history is his story, everything that he's done and provided for us. And so it's more than just our salvation. It's better life. I thought about it like this. Uh, this is a terrible example, and it's the best that I could have. And maybe it's just the week that I had. Uh, but we are going to have some cement work done uh, to our house. And uh, in the area that we're going to have the cement work done, uh, we have to move stone. How many of have ever shoveled stone? That's fantastic, right? You just do a hard scoop and you pick it up and there's like three stones on there. And you're like, we are killing it, right? Let's get... And, um, and so anyway, uh, and so we're just, we're moving stone and we have this shovel. And so we got this whole back of our house to move all these stone. And uh, before the cross... Before our sins were forgiven, before uh, he sent his son as the ultimate sacrifice, it's like we were moving a yard of stone with a spoon, and then the cross happens, and, and his blood covers, and our sins are forgiven, and it's provided in our lives basically like a bulldozer. Amen? Amen? What, what, what used to be this kind of, of work and effort, now the grace of God has showed up in our life, and we don't have to give sacrifice and work, a, and of course we give sacrifice, but I'm saying Old Testament sacrifice, and all the things that they used to have to go to, now the grace is there, and our sins are forgiven, and it's like the ease in which we can be in relationship with God completely changed, Amen. It's like, uh, it's like literally imagine if you, if you were someone who had a business who, who you, you planted and you worked the field and you worked the roadside stand and you delivered it once they bought. I mean, you did like everything by your own effort. And then all of a sudden, Fortune 500 company comes along and says, hey, I just need you to sit in an office and I need you to oversee and I need you to tap into my inheritance now, everybody said, well, I don't know if I like that. You know, you're saying that God hasn't called us to do anything. Well, get ready, because the next 20 minutes I'm going to talk about the cross you have to carry. So just erase that idea that I'm saying God's, now that you're a Christian, God's putting you in a luxury office. No, there's sacrifice that we still make. But it's in a different way because of what the cross has done for us. Do you want to be better? Do we want to live this abundant life? We have to understand what the cross has done in our life. And if you've grown up in church or if you've been around church and you've heard a million sermons on the cross, I want you to try to hear it and look at it in a different way today because it's the cross that gives us the power to be able to be better. Amen? So things are different because of the cross. And so you look at many people in their Christian life and you realize they may have prayed a prayer and they may have had their sins forgiven and they're calling themselves Christians, but there's no fruit or there's no evidence of it in their life. And I'm not here to call anybody out or judge anybody, but the scripture does say that proofs of our relationship with God or us being better is that we have fruits of the spirit in our life. There's proofs or there's fruits of what God is doing on the inside of us coming out by the way that we, what show gentleness and kindness and forgiveness and compassion and all the way that we live out what God is doing on the inside of us. Amen. So we need to look different. I love this thought, uh, you are how you behave. Amen. Okay, thank you. You are how you behave. Yeah. Many of us say, well, I'm this and I'm this. Well, if you're not that, then you're not that. Right? right? right. That's deep, right? <laughs> well, I'm this and I'm this. Well, if you're not that, then you're not that. And, and that's the problem that we see in church culture is uh, the sinner's prayer is easy. And I say it every week. We can pray a prayer, a simple prayer that's going to change your life and whatever. But that's the beginning of a process of salvation. Scripture says we are to work out our salvation. It's a process of surrendering and and understanding what the cross has provided and letting him do a work in us. Amen? And so uh, just because you say it doesn't mean that you are. You know, you are how you behave. And so if we talk like the world... And if we act like the world, and you're mean like the world, and you're negative like the world, and you're greedy like the world, then there's probably a lot of cross and, 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 sacri- and things that need to change in us. There's a process that's still being surrendered to God. Amen? Because there's fruits of the Spirit that we need to extend. And so just because we say we're Christians, but it's not affecting our life, means that we've we got to continue to take up our cross and die to self. Amen? So I love this. The Scripture says uh, that even the demons cry out, Lord, Lord. So just because we can say, well, he's God and I'm a Christian and he's God. Just, just because you say it doesn't really change it. Even the demons who are evil and, that, and and demonic can even identify him. But, but what's the difference in your life? What's making you better and different? Amen. When you truly identify with what took place on the cross, it will make you different so that you can make a difference. That's the purpose of the work of the cross and salvation in the process is those that your life is made different so that you can make a difference. Are you with me? And so evidence that we haven't gone through the process is that we're continuing to to justify our sin and to justify our negative living and justify this maybe unforgiveness that you hold on to. Instead of working at producing fruit of the spirit, we're trying to hold on to these, these evil ways, if you will, that we had before the cross. Are you with me? We, we have to go through the process. In chemist labs, they have cyanide. We've all heard of the poison. On it, in the jar, they have uh, it, a red, do not drink deadly poison. It has crossbones, it's all marked, you know, you've seen the sign. But the thing about cyanide is it smells good. It smells like almond jelly. And if you were to take that cyanide and put it in a refrigerator and change the label and say almond jelly, how many of you know it wouldn't change what's on the inside of that jar? Just because we change the label doesn't mean we've changed what's on the inside. What do you have to do? You have to work at removing the poisonous, toxic things that live on the inside. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, anyway, I'll stay on point. And so many of us just do that. We just think, man, salvation, I want to make sure I go to heaven. I, I want to change my label, but I really want to hold on to the toxic things in my life. If I can still just talk that way, if I can still just act that way, if I can still just do these things and these things, and that poison lives and, and, and is still functioning, amen? amen? Salvation is eternal. It is forever. I'm not here to say, oh, boy, we should always be wondering if we have salvation. I'm talking about, like the scripture said, we got to work out the flesh things in our life and take up our cross, which I'll read here in a minute. Amen? You with me? Romans 6.3, I'll get to three clear points here in a minute, uh, but Romans 6.3 says, Do you not know that as many of us were baptized unto Christ Jesus, were baptized unto his death? Verse 4, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism unto death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So I realize that's a lot of church terminology, but what, here's what I want us to catch. When we also take up our cross and surrender to God. And we, burden, and we take up our cross. and we, The scripture says that it was unto the glory of the Father, but also so that we can walk in newness of life. When we go through the salvation process and we understand what God did for us on the cross, it should produce results in your life that give glory unto God, but also help you walk in newness of life. Amen? Yeah. Or betterness, if you will, for this series. Verse five, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So there is a death process through salvation where we surrender our lives to the ways that we used to live and the way that we used to think, but also in that there becomes a resurrection process. How could I ever forgive that person? How could I ever be that generous? How could I ever do this? How could I ever do that? Here's how you did it. You did it through the death process and you raised up in this new resurrection process. Amen. I used to think negatively. I used to think this way. I used to be so angry. I used to, I, you know, well, you know, anger always been in our family. And it's just, we're angry people. We're, how did that, how do you ever get rid of that? It's through the death process and a resurrection process of new life. Amen. That's the cross. It's more than salvation. It's newness of life in your day now well, you know, we didn't come from a family with college education and I'll never be able to get a job and I'll never be able to do it. But if you just surrender to the cross in the process of death and saying, God, I want to be raised in new life, he can make you CEO, amen? He can promote you in your jobs because that's the newness of life unto the glory of God, amen? Are you with me? It's more than just salvation. It's a better life. It's a better life. When you identify with the cross, you say, I recognize it's not about me or my agenda. Those things die. It becomes about the agenda in the glory of God. So your efforts don't become as much about, oh, we got to live in the right house and we got to have the right cars and dress the right way and put the kids in the right school. What then matters to you is, am I making a difference in my community? Are my schools healthy? How can I get involved? How do I serve my church? How do I be on time? How do I pray for people? How can I, somebody say amen? All of these things. And of course I could go on and on. But your agenda changes from the ways of the world to the ways of the kingdom of God. Because you've understand what the cross was trying to provide and do for everyone here on earth. Amen. So the scripture says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's the cross. It's better. You don't want those old ways anymore. Let's get you some new ways. New ways of thinking, living, acting, interacting, because it's better. Amen. Amen. So three points for you real quick before we move on. Even Paul said, it's not I that live, it's Christ that lives in me. It's not I that live, it's Christ now that lives in me. Why? Because he's realized that process of the cross has made him better. His way of doing it isn't as good as the way of God provided, amen? Point number one, three things that will keep us from identifying and having a real cross life surrendered. Number one is status. Many times where we come from, or how we were raised, or what we think our status keeps us from fully walking in this newness of life. We say, well, I was raised this way, and this is how I believe it. And I've always gone to this church, and I've always done it this way because my family's always done it. And I believe in godly heritage. We need to impart that into our kids. Amen? But if it's something that's restrictive and holding you back from the newness of life that God has called you into then it's not of God. Right. And so we say, well, you know, uh, you know, my status is important. You know, I understand what you're saying about following God and serving and surrendering my life. But you don't understand, you know, we're a young family. We need to have experiences. And and so maybe I'll get to some of that stuff later and I'll serve God and I'll give him my time and talents later. But right now we have young kids and, you know, we need to do this. And we just need to experience life. Or maybe you're on the flip side. Well, you know, we serve church and, and we did it for so many years. And, you know, now that we're older and, and, uh, you know, we, you know, we, it's, it's, it, we're a place in our life where it's important for, we're not going to take up our cross because we've earned it. We've earned somebody. Amen. And so status, whatever we think we've achieved and statused ourselves. well, you know, this and that and all, well, they do it like that. That's not really my status. And so I don't know that I want to be involved in, Status is the number one killer of God's newness of life and kingdom in your life. Is you're worried about the status of it or how it will appear. Scripture is talking about how Jesus was walking into a city and the children of Abraham were saying, well, you know, we are on our way to heaven because we're the children of Abraham. You know, we automatically have it because, and Jesus actually responds to him and says, "Uh, you have about as much chance of going to heaven as that rock over there just because of who you're connected we're all connected to the creator but you still need to have salvation amen you still need to have a process of new life in your life amen and uh, i'm sure that went over really well right (laughs) (laughs) and so we love to you know point to our experiences i grew up in church or i did this or i do that but even jesus was in a process where status didn't hold him back there's one story where jesus is in the temple and his parents come to him and say hey you're supposed to be with us and he actually responds and says no I need to be about my father's business. Even Jesus was in a place where he was saying, "I got to get this thing on my own." I know you, Mary. You know I know you did the virgin birth thing, and that was cool. And da, 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 but I got to get this on my own. I got to I got to make sure that I'm I'm being obedient to what God has called me to do. Amen. And so it's important for us. Number two, options. Uh, a number one killer of our of our our growth or our pro- progress with the cross is options. Uh, Anytime that God's called us to surrendering or identifying with the cross or like we just read here, uh, being in the, you know, identifying with the process of death, burial, and resurrection with God, we always look for options. God's calling us to take up our cross. Hey, I'm calling you to go do this. I'm calling you to go be a part of this. And we say, "Hmm, let me just make sure there isn't any other options. And really what we're saying is, I wonder if there's an easier way. Or what we're saying is, I wonder if there's a way that I could do it on my own instead of fully trusting God. Amen. So Jesus was in the garden, literally, even Jesus has this moment. He's in the garden, he's praying before the cross. And scripture says he's in such a a place with God of prayer and of, of, of anguish that he's sweating blood. And he literally said, if there's any other way, Lord, take this cup from me, if there's any other, but then he has this understanding of options are a killer. And he says, it's not my will, but thy will be done. That should be on our lips every day. God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a part of this. Oh, I got to get up on a Sunday and serve. Oh, I got to, you know, do my blockout dates so I can serve at church. And I got to push accept instead of decline, especially in the summer. <laughs> That's it's second service again. This is none of you guys who serve. <laughs> oh, I got to push accept. Lord, if there's any other way, let this cup pass for me. <laughs> Serving in the summer. Not thy will, but your will be done. Oh, God, you're calling me to give how much to what? Oh, if there's any other way, let this cup. Nope, not thy will, but your will be done. You've called me to go up and pray for who? (laughs) No, Lord, certainly. Let this cup pass from me. We don't talk to those people. Amen? Options. We're always looking for the way out. God, how can I get out of this? But God's called us to a life of surrender. We have to get rid of our options. Even Jesus was called before the judges, and he had the opportunity to, he, I could call down angels, I could get out of this. But instead, he said, Not thy will, but your will be done, because options limit you from the true cross experience. Amen? I'll close with this one. Lastly, a huge killer to the cross, to the newness of life, to the better life, identifying with the cross and what he's done a huge thing that holds us back is point number 3 i would say it's the number one killer for people is the fear of loneliness it's loneliness uh, even jesus he's about to break through in what he's essentially called to do the cross and he gets his buddies he says hey guys will you come pray with me just be with me come pray I'm going to go over here and pray. You guys go over here and pray. This is a huge moment in my life. And he turns around and he looks and they, we all know, they fell asleep on him. And he had to battle lonely. Wait, what? This is what we were working for. This is what it's all about. This is even a good and noble thing I'm about to do. And you guys are backing out on me. Loneliness. In the garden, in the night, loneliness. is a huge thing that if all you do is look to be cheerleaded, you're never going to make it in the process that God is trying to do in your life in the kingdom. If if we need cheerleaders and we need motivational quotes to be able to make it in the process, you'll never make it. Why? Because even Jesus had to battle here on earth the status of loneliness. Now, will God the Father never leave you or forsake you? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's always there for you. But sometimes in our life, when we look to have somebody there and cheer. Where did everybody go? They're falling asleep on you. But you guys don't understand, I'm doing this good thing. I'm doing this, and then they're falling asleep on you. Even Peter, the scripture says, they go to capture Jesus on the way to the cross, his destiny. Scripture says Peter gets out a sword and cuts off the guy's ear. And Jesus has to say, no, no, Peter. And what did he say to Peter? He said, get behind me in our process of the cross and what God wants to do in your life to help you achieve your call and your destiny, there's going to be people that you have to put behind you. As much as we think that's fun, like, oh, look at me, I'm getting better. I'm putting people behind me. Look at me, I'm, you know, look at me, I'm being better. It hurts to put people behind you. Amen. It it, It hurts in the process to say, gotta do this one on my own. I got to do this one totally dependent on God. But if you do it, if you surrender, if, you, if you're willing, like Jesus here, he's saying, hey, you got to get behind me. It's more important that I do what God's called me into than it is for me to have a crew, an entourage. Amen? Jesus understood that even like what we sing, the old song, when none go with me, still I'll follow. Right. And I think so many times in our culture, when God has called us to something, we go, I wonder who's going to go with me. And then if people aren't willing to go with you, we say, well, then it must not be important. We love to go with the crowds, but there's oftentimes when none go with me, still I follow. God's called me to this. I'm going to put my hand to the plow and I'm going to go and I'm going to go and I'm going to go because sometimes that's the journey to the cross, but the promise is your life is made better in newness of life, resurrection power unto the glory of God. Amen.